Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Student of the Game. I am Kyle Nass, the Student of the Game, and listen, if you're here, chances are you like talking sport, and we are honored, joined, and privileged that you're choosing to do it with us here tonight as we stream here on the pod, of course. Um, last week, listen, I, I know there are a bunch of hosts out there like, oh, I'm so sorry, I missed last week. I was there. Listen, I haven't taken a week off from the show completely in a long time. And my body said, you're not doing a show tonight last week, Kyle. So no, I'm not going to apologize and listen to my body. That's what happened. That's the facts of the case. But thank you for supporting me. None the less here as I took that week off. Uh, much needed too, by the way, not for nothing. But yeah, um, I'm not going to apologize for it because I needed to do it. It is what it is, but nonetheless, still glad to have you here as I say all that. And uh, listen, streaming here, of course, on the Student of the Game Facebook page, A7VN Sports Facebook page, the Huddle of Podcast YouTube channel, YouTube channel, uh, the Sertoba Media YouTube channel, where the struggle is real to be awesome. Of course, the SOTG uh, stream, uh, Twitch stream, and Twitter as well. And okay, hey, listen, if... I'm not convenient for your schedule here at 840 Eastern Time. You can always check me out on the pods there. Any one of your favorite podcatchers, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Here's the thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Here's the thing. Still playing a little bit hurt, as you could tell. Um, Boy, a lot of people are talking about large sums of points being scored and blowouts and things of that nature. We start with Colorado and Oregon. Um, the Buffalo not only failed to Nick's bow, um, but they were destroyed. A good old-fashioned butt-whooping, as Coach Prime said himself. Um, and, and listen, I got to give him credit for handling the post game as well as he did with the class that he did. Um, you know, you got to dig it at the end of the day, you know, um, he handled it well. Um, the part I don't get is people getting on the Oregon's coach coach's case for his inspirational speech to his team, especially the parts about, you know, um, we're going for wins, not for clicks. I don't blame him for saying that. Like, can you imagine hearing somebody tell you how much you don't matter for a month straight? You're going to come out ready to prove something. If you're a coach, you're trying to motivate players, you're going to tap into that. You're going to mo motivate them using that. So I, I struggle with the part that anybody has a problem with that, but whatever. <laughs> Oregon fell out of the top 25, and rightly so, in the words of the great Joel Klatt. Um, but I don't think this changes anything as far as Oregon, you know, or sorry, as far as. Uh, Colorado, uh, Colorado falling out of the top 25, I probably should have said. Um, no, nobody should be disappointed by anything that Colorado's doing. And I'll talk about that a little bit. The madman Mark Mancini will make a stop in today. His first time on the show there for a while. Glad to have, have him back this week. And, of course, later we'll be talking to Eric Lopez. You might remember, of course, Eric Lopez, not only my buddy from the Black and Gold Banneret. But um, he was who we had on to preview the Miami Dolphins. Oh, snap. Yep, that's right. Kyle's going to hop on with the 
the uh, lamestream media and talk about 70 points to 20. A 50-burger indifference alone. By the way, I would imagine the 70 burgers people were calling it out there on social media being something out of the Heart Attack Cafe. By the way, an actual thing, ladies and gentlemen, a burger joint. It sounds like some stuff Guy Fieri would go to or something. You know, I don't know if it's Flavor Town or what, but like they have like a five decker burger or something stupid. I, I don't know. You know, the kind of stuff that that ends up on this is why you're fat dot com. Actual thing, by the way, don't go there. You'll either be made hungry or disgusted. There's really not a middle ground there. Anyways, how on earth did we get to this is why you're fat dot com? Anyways. Oh, yeah. Burgers. Um, Whatever. I like burgers. Um, But now are we done trifling, folks? Dude got 1,700 yards last year. Nobody wanted to hear about Tyreek Hill as an MVP candidate. Now you mamma jammas are catching up to the party. Tyreek Hill should be a candidate for MVP. What about when he was catching passes from Sky Moore on his, uh, 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 um, no, not Sky Moore. I'm sorry, Skylar Thompson. Whatever. The only thing that was in the sky, probably Tyreek Hill trying to catch the football, okay? Sky Moore, whatever. He's not even on the same team. He's not even playing the same position. What am I doing? Anyways, but why Tyreek Hill? But Kyle, he's not a quarterback. He's not the most important position on the field. See, here's the thing. And and, and if you remember back to, I want to say around, I don't know if it was uh, 2011 or or what, what year it was precisely, but I made a similar argument for Rob Gronkowski for the Patriots. To be an uh, to to be an MVP of the Patriots more so than even Tom Brady at the particular time he was on the field at least for a particular stretch of games, because he affects literally everything on the field, right? He's a receiver. He doesn't get any attention. Yeah, not accurate. Let me tell you what I mean. <clears throat> for those who might have remembered, um, Patrick Levon Mahomes the second struggling the early part of um, the year. After it was either after winning the Super Bowl or after losing it in Tampa to Brady in that group, one of the two. Starting off a year week, I think it was after the Brady Super Bowl, and everybody was like, "Oh, the Chiefs are receiving," you know, kind of like they're trying to say this year, but they can't just they just can't acknowledge the fact that the Chiefs are playing good defense. But whatever. The thing that's interesting is Tua Tungavailoa's numbers passing are similar in a lot of eerie ways. I think he has the same touchdowns and the same interceptions to this point in the year, right? But now also, there's an awful lot of ground stats to provide form and balance to what's going on there, right? Like, what crazy stuff's there? Oh, yeah, I, I, I see Drew Willing here coming. It's just, it's 70 to 20! Listen, Drew, we don't need to be talking about burgers, man. Come on now. Anyways. Um, but Tyreek Hill being lined up does two things in particular. It makes you worried about the top of your defense down the field. And it makes it impossible for you to attack the run if you're truly worried about it, right? The defenses aren't going to stack the box and create man, man-to-man matchups. There are some defense, defenses that might, right? Maybe they'll give South Gardner a shot one-on-one with Tyreek Hill on some plays. Christian Gonzalez might do the same for the Patriots, right? He had some success there 
and very, very interestingly has made himself a defensive rookie of the year candidate as I speak with Mikey Byrne about that. We'll see him in a few weeks when we do the midseason superlatives here on the student of the game. <coughs> Excuse me. But the speed element is so great. Tua Tungavailoa is one of the fastest releases in the NFL, right? And he also has the longest time with the football in the air. Meaning, he gets the ball out quickly and it goes further because he's trying to hit Tyreek Hill. Taking nothing from Jalen Waddle, by the way, now we're spreading out the entire field, right? But here's the thing. We talk about taking the top off the defense. As you get closer to the end zone, there's less top to take off, right? Things start to get a little smushed, if you will, there. You know, the running game is made less open because you don't have to do as much to stack the box. You're already there up front. You can make a reaction. However, one thing you can do with Tyree Kill on a particular side is spread that defense out and pull in a double team with a safety. And then you got Jalen Waddle on the other side. Now, all of a sudden, things are really spread if you're trying to run a zone. Or you can try to be successful one-on-one. May the force be with you. If you're successful there, they deserve the field goal. They deserve not to score. And I'm not saying Tuatunga Vialo is a bad quarterback. No one's saying that. Okay? Let me be clear. By the way, can we give a little credit to, to Mike McDaniel? All right. I'm saying Mike McDaniel and I'm hitting it hard like that. So many things I mean Josh McDaniels. The S is there for sucks. Hashtag I said it. Sorry, Raiders fans. But with all that in mind and all that impact, he affects more than just his side of the field and his portion of the field. Right? Then defensively, because they're able to methodically go up and down the field and stuff and score points quickly, your defense has to do less work. Now, the downside to Tyreek Hill hitting an explosive play quickly means your defense might have to play a little longer. I think that's a problem they're going to deal with, okay? (laughs) But, you know, I've seen people out there that have the Dolphins now in the top of their power rankings, and this early in the season, I'm not mad at it. Um, I I would wonder what will happen when their defense is actually appropriately challenged. Um, I I know the game against the Patriots was close, but listen, I I mean, Bill Belichick has made a living on coaching defense and coaching defense well, right? And the game that was close against the Chargers, yo, that was a shootout. shootout. Let me be clear, okay? They they did combine for as many points (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> as they got on the on the Denver Broncos. Goodness gracious. Oh, the Denver Broncos. Guys, here's the thing. And I think this needs to be touched on for, for just a second. We all are giving Sean Payton the business for talking all the trash that was about what he had to say about Nathaniel Hackett and the group in front of him, Right. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Social media is fun. People ask some questions about it in the post game, and that got a fun sound bite and all that. that. That's fine. I think Sean Payton 
coming with an expectation of turnaround, deserved or not. You know, I, I know there are people who sit on both sides of the Sean Payton fans that 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 think he's overrated, and some that don't. Personally, I'm kind of in the middle. Um, do I think his uh, Super Bowl victory is slightly overrated? Yes. You know, you kicked that onside kick at halftime, and it bounced off a Colts player. If he catches the ball, you don't win that Super Bowl. But hey, things went the way they did. He won. I'm not going to talk trash on that. But you 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 do not have the caliber of team with oh the Denver Broncos that you would like to have to turn things around and oh by the way try and compete in a division atop which sits Patrick Levon Mahomes the second Travis Michael Kelsey not 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 a reasonable expectation matter of fact if your O line is as bad as Sean Payton says the Broncos O line was last year you're you're not going to turn things around quickly. If the coaching was as bad as Sean Payton said, and probably shouldn't have because, you know, chatter that you're getting now. That's that's pretty bad. And their defense over and above all of that is underperforming. Folks, his team is going to struggle like this. Do you know, did you know the last time I saw a team that had this many, many uh, missing elements that had this much going wrong with their franchise at a particular time, that was doing this bad. Now, I will grant you, folks, it was not a 70-burger that they gave up. I know, right? But the last time I could think of a team that was this bad off and, and had this much trouble early out the gate in the season was, in strange irony, a team that was tanking, allegedly, for their quarterback in question, Tua Tungavailoa. That's right. I'm going to make a juxtaposition here with the Dolphins and what they had to deal with in 2019. Is it a 70-burger? No. But the Baltimore Ravens beat them 59 to 10. The New England Patriots beat them 43 to nothing. And then after when it started to get the, the, the thing that got a little better was the Dallas Cowboys that, that, that year only beat them by 25 and the Chargers only beat them by 20. Then suddenly games started getting a lot closer. I think the next biggest thing they lost here was they got a couple 17-point losses, sure. And I'm not even saying that that's going to happen in Denver, by the way. But I am telling you, if Sean Payton is correct that it's going that badly, and Sean Payton's going in there to turn around culture, folks, you had to have expected something like this. Okay, I get it. Maybe not a 70-burger, but hey, that's more about Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins than it is the Broncos, in my opinion. All right? The Ravens, when they did the 59-10, to 10, only had Hollywood Brown at receiver. Not impressive stuff. Okay. But the Broncos are in that same state that ironically the Dolphins were back in 2019 in the tanking for two a year, who, by the way, now just bombed 70 on the Broncos in question. I couldn't put this in a Hollywood script. Somebody out there would be like, this is completely unbelievable, Cal. What were you thinking? Anyway, so 
I, I just wanted to point that out. I thought that was a fun thing to kind of explore. And, you know, 70 points. Oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, listen, with that in mind, we haven't had our good friend Mark Mancini, the madman on here in a long time. Managed to catch up with him here. And um, let's go ahead and bring him in to talk a little bit of sport, folks. And at long last, listen, I was looking on the backs of milk cartons all over the country, wondering what had happened to this man. And I remembered he's been on assignment covering baseball over all over the place. My man, the madman coming, Mark Mancini in the place. What's up, man? Welcome back. Uh, listen, we took the hiatus for NFL preview stuff and then, you know, schedules and whatnot and yeah. all of it. So much going on, man. But welcome in, brother. Good to have well, you. Well, it's always a pleasure on the show that's sweeping the country, number one. Number two, I live in a city where Disneyland's here, and the Dodgers are looked at as Gladys Knight in the pips. <laughs> All they have is Clayton Kershaw and a bunch of rookies. So I figure in a couple of weeks they'll look like me and the Pittsburgh Pirates. They'll be home. <laughs> it's only a matter of time, I guess. Hey, listen, speaking of your various fanhoods, we were – we're talking about it going into the show here. We got to bring up the huge deal, uh, the blockbuster stuff for all the talk of Dame Lillard allegedly going to the Miami Heat. Sure enough, the trigger is the trigger is pulled on a deal to bring the Greek freak Giannis and Dame Lillard playing together. Man, what do you think? You're the Bucks guy here. Let me know what you're thinking. Well, I love the Bucks. I've gone back with the Bucks since the inception, and pretty much with. Lou Alcindor, John McLaughlin, Oscar Robertson, Bobby Danridge. And then we went in the Moncrief days and we had the big dog, Glenn Robinson, Sam Cassell. And now we've got the Bucks, and they've won one title. They should have won another couple. They've had the best regular season record a few times, but they've got aced by Miami. But you yeah. didn't see this coming, man. Everybody had this guy going to maybe Philly. Miami was the front runner. We heard a lot of things, but. Phoenix, Portland, and Milwaukee got it done, uh, you know, when uh, Lillard ends up in the cream city with Middleton and uh, the Greek Freak. And maybe the Greek Freak kind of started this thing by saying, hey, if the Bucks weren't going to do anything to, to, you know, stay on top, maybe he was going to walk next year. So uh, they pulled the trigger on this. I, I think you lose a quality guy in Grayson Allen because he could hit that shot, man. And uh, man, oh man, he, he's he's going to be in Phoenix now. Drew Holiday goes to Portland, but Portland's going to shop him, and Philly's now in the running to get Drew Holiday. See, yeah, it, well, and Drew Holiday, I think is is kind of a bigger loss in my opinion. I mean, I, it's not like they don't have any defensive capabilities at all, but what he brought to to have some defense there, a shooting threat as well, I, I think that was a pretty big deal too. Uh, they did retain Chris Middleton. I think that's a big deal. Certainly, Dane makes them more explosive on the perimeter as well. Um, I, I get all of that, but I'm not going to say defensive liability, but their defense will be weaker, and I think that will just put more on Giannis uh, down low and, and, and you know, having to handle that. Not that he didn't do that already. Ready. I, don't, I don't know, but, yeah, Drew Holiday I think is a big loss too. I'm not taking nothing from Grace now, and he was a nice piece. Um, but I think if you would you would ask somebody who the third of the big three were, it would have been Drew Holiday. But hey, they got their big three, like you said before we went on the air, man. You got you got Giannis, you got Middleton, you got Dame. I, I think that's enough. And how about Jokic and his crew versus that in the finals as a potentiality, man? That excites me. 
Yeah, you know, but I'm not I'm not high on the Nuggets. I think you know you get these teams that kind of sneak in and win titles, and then you don't hear from them for a while. I, I don't want to disrespect the Nuggets, but I don't know. When you look at the West compared to the East, the East is going to be a real dogfight, man. You got Boston, Philly. You got you know Miami that's in the mix. Milwaukee. You know you got some upcoming teams. We'll figure out what's going to go on with Chicago here. Um, but you know the West is kind of trying to find themselves. They got the Suns kind of high, but the Suns gave up on uh, Aiden there. So, you know, we'll find out what yeah. what's you know what direction they're going in the two as well. And I don't blame you for not being high on 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 the uh, Nuggets per se, but you know, like the pendulum has swung swung back to the East, right? Like, who else is really going to stop? You mentioned Phoenix, but you know, assuming Durant can maintain. We can't guarantee what's coming out of there, too. And, you know, taking nothing from the usual suspects, the Warriors and the like, you know. I, I'll i put it this way. The Nuggets being the favorite, in my opinion, isn't saying much. Also, it's a long season. You never know what will happen. But I don't think they are, like, set apart and distant from the rest of the field, right? You know, it, it's not yeah. like the Warriors used to be years back, right? Well, not only that, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, if you, if, if – you told me who would I take between Jokic and the, the Great Freak. I'm taking the Great Freak. That's I like a tough Greek. one, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think there's a losing answer there. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you could be right on that one, man. Hockey season's getting ready to start too, baby. Watch out Oof. for the Pens. Four, four <laughs> Hall of Famers. Four Hall of Famers in that lineup. We got Big Eric Carlson back there with Latang. Watch out, Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, I'll have to have uh, my guy Shrukri Wrights of the Hockey News come in here pretty soon and kick that off here. Hey, what's, um, what's going on with the jazz? Hey, what's going on with the jazz, man? With the you jazz, know? listen, it, that was pure chemistry. And by the way, I wrote this at the beginning of the month, Mark Mancini. I said, if you trifle with the Texans, they will make you pay for it. And the Jaguars will be trifling. Now, also, they have a lot of line issues. So, too, did the Texans. So, how much can you really use that as an excuse? You know, and uh, let's put it, it's a rough day when a fullback gets a kickoff return touchdown on you, buddy. And, and, and listen, no. for nothing, Mark Mancini, the past five years, the first win on the schedule, every one of the past five years, including this year, Mark Mancini, the Jaguars has have been the first win on the Houston schedule. And that's a curse at this point, my guy. Hey, don't worry about it. The Steelers are going to take care of Houston come Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's not a gimme. But uh, they, the, 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 the line issues for Houston, T.J. Watt's going to eat, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, that defense, the Steelers, they're, they're, they're you know what? They're, they're in playoff mode now. After they, they, they practice this in the preseason. Regular season comes. They get in them crunch games. Close games, Cleveland, the Raiders. This is this is the style of football that wins big. And you know, people are talking about the Miami Dolphins shattering an NFL record. Um, I don't, I don't know. They're averaging like forty points a game, but I've seen this dog and pony show come and go. The Dolphins start out like the UCLA Bruins, and then after Thanksgiving, we're looking for the fish. Well, I'll say this to both for and against your point. I'll say this. Tua's numbers are eerily similar to this time last year. Yeah. If you remember Mark Mancini, he had this team rolling. He had eight touchdowns. He had two catches. And there are some other stats that I don't immediately remember 
that were precisely the same as last year. I don't mean the general area, close hand grenades, BS. No, precisely the same. What's become different is as teams have tried to adjust for one NFL MVP candidate, Tyree Kill, which I've been saying since last year, Mark Mancini, you might remember that. The unfamiliar. But now that teams are being forced to respect that, just like when he was playing with, playing with Patrick LeVon Mahomes II and the Chiefs, what have you also seen? Mike McDaniel developing a ground game as well with Raheem Mostert. You might remember there, Mark, Mostert played 49ers before with the Niners. Correct. And you notice I keep trying to say McDaniel. I don't want to think anybody think I accidentally accidentally mean that dude Josh in Vegas. I don't even want to joke. It's McDaniel, not McDaniels. You put on the S for sucks for Josh McDaniels. Anyways. Well, let, let, let's put it like this. You know, there's some teams that their season's going to end come Sunday. You got the yeah. Well, yeah, we have four teams that are zero yeah, three got, already. Too. Yep, you got you got you got the Vikings and the Panthers, and then you got the, the Bears and the Broncos. And I said right. the Packers would have the worst record in the league. And keep your eyes on the Bears. The Bears could have the worst record in the league and have top two uh, picks in the in the top five. Well, That's and actually, be amazing. It, and yeah, look with at, the Panthers struggling yeah. the way that they are, and then the Bears struggling the way that they are, somebody made out like a bandit making that trade that eventually became Bryce and yeah, Bryce look, look at it's not the yeah. Panthers. Look at so. the crossroads game. It'll be the Raiders and Chargers. Whoever loses that is going to be at the crossroads. I don't know what to make of the Chargers, man. You got a defensive coach. Who can't play his team? Whose team can't play defense? Meanwhile, Kellen well, Moore's coming in with a balanced offense. It's strange. I, I can't figure out. I can't figure out the Raiders. I mean, Garoppolo had so much time, and the targets are being they're, they're dropping passes. Uh, you know, and, and and the Raiders. I mean, that that's why I didn't pick them to win the division this year. But I will tell you, the surprise of the AFC is going to be the Ravens. I thought with J.K. Dobbins gone for the year, they'd be folding up like a tent. They're hanging right in this thing. No, oh, man. Hey, say, listen, I, I keep having to remind people about the Ravens at the beginning of every beginning of every season, and then Lamar Demetrius Jackson gets hurt, and it all kind of goes down the tank. <laughs> but this year, uh, you know, at, at that same preseason, I had to remind the world that the Ravens are going to compete for the division. I have them missing it by one game, Mark Manzini, yeah. but – you know, and I know everyone's like, oh, the Bengals are starting slow. Hey, you know what? They've always started slow. Since Joe Burrow has been a Bengal, the first two games every year for the past four years, eight total games, he's one in seven. And he's I'll been tell you one forward. thing right now. After three weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the league right now. Really? Well, okay, I would, I would have that. to say, I would have to say Philly – to me, uh, looks solid. Uh, no disrespect for Kansas City and Miami and some of these other teams, but I'm telling you right San now, Francisco. Philly. Yeah, Philly, Philly. Well, San Francisco has been putting up some points, but we also saw San Francisco go into Philly last year and Philly handle them. Philly is just relentless, man. Jalen Hurts. Philly and, hurt and, their third again. Philly hurt their third string quarterback, and they were down to. It, it, Christian McCaffrey playing the position. Let's let's not forget. Yeah. But I don't want to take anything from the Eagles either. 
I would argue that the Eagles haven't really been tested, and they looked shaky against the Vikings. So, and listen, at the end of the day, I'm sticking to my prediction of the NFC Conference Championship being a repeat. That's not going away, Mark Mancini. These weirdos want to try to feed me the Cowboys. I just can't do it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Let me me, me beg to differ on the Niners. The the West Coast teams that come into Pittsburgh (laughs) earlier in the year get a jump on the Steelers for some reason. You come into Pittsburgh, you know, when those leaves start to fall and it starts to get into 20-degree weather, those Western teams kind of get their uh, asses sent back on an airplane. And the Niners, and I saw it a couple years ago with the Raiders, the Seahawks have done it. They've come into Pittsburgh early, and they pull surprises. But you come into Pittsburgh, you know, in late November, early December, uh, the the Niners wouldn't be rolling roughshod on the Steelers and doing what they did. I don't want to disrespect the Niners, but the Rams aren't that good and the Giants aren't that good. And now I'm going to probably hear from Daniel Orsino later on tonight. But I will tell you, the Niners, to me, haven't impressed me as much as the Eagles the Eagles have gone in New England and kind of handled them and, you know, taking the Minnesota team, Kirk Cousins yeah. I love, and then they go to Tampa and, and, and take an undefeated team apart. So I'm kind of looking at the Eagles here now. I'm hoping the Skins can kind of go into Philly on Sunday and beat them. I, I don't know, but Philly looks dangerous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think anybody's saying here Philly is bad. I, I, I'll put it this way. Your dismissal of the 49ers is a tougher team that's not like some of these other West Coast teams like your Chargers and things like that that play pretty finesse and pretty soft football. The the San Francisco 49ers, I can make an argument, are still Curtin West, man. This is that's a different culture in that field. That's a different culture in how they play that football game. And they play more like an Eastern style team. I like the point you're bringing there. You're 100% right. And you know what? Philly will punch you in the mouth, too. I get it. I'm sick of these morons that want to whine. Oh, the quarterback sneak is cheating, man. Shut up. Yeah, All right? yeah, not, yeah. Listen, you should be giving them props. You have a Hall of Fame center running a quarterback sneak. It's a thing of beauty. And if you don't like it, go watch basketball. Watch a finesse sport. Well, I will tell you this. Keep your eyes on the Penn State Nittany Lions. I've been saying oh, that. Oh, no, don't be one of those guys. Oh, going. man. That run, what are that they run, doing? The, the, the running attack there, they're going to be, if they can figure out a way to beat a Michigan or Ohio State, I'm kind of, look at Penn State, North Carolina. We got some teams here, man. I mean, why, my team. Why are you bringing these powder puffs into it? First of all, let's address <laughs> your Nittany Lions for a minute. Larry Johnson and Saquon Barkley were both great running games for the did you see what they Did you see what they did to Iowa? Did you see what they did to Iowa? I'm sorry. Is your response Iowa really? No, no, okay. no, no. Well, uh, well, I will tell you, Northwestern. You know they play Northwestern this week, and I'm a Pitt guy, but Pitt looks terrible. Uh, I like Alabama. No, Alabama's been slipping, but Alabama you know, has been slipping. Uh, I kept. I told you last year, USC is going to end up winning this thing. Listen, now you want to talk USC as a threat? That's a different conversation. And by the way. I'm going to give you the guy that's going to threaten Caleb Williams in the Heisman race. His name is Michael Penix out there in Washington. And listen, I'm normally talking more trash on Washington as another, you know, almost kind of like a Penn State. I keep hearing about him, but it give me nothing to believe the last, in. The last, time, the, last, yes, the last time I saw Washington, they were getting their ass kicked by Alabama in one of those bowl games. 
<laughs> but this year's different. You know, Listen, this Penix kid, uh, it was doing things in Indiana. He they, he they competed against Ohio State during the pandemic, and then he got hurt. Okay, you know, so Alabama, oh, I mean, Washington, Oregon, Utah. You know, hype trains, man. Every time when it's a big game, these teams end up going south. And how many times have we seen Oregon get their asses kicked in big games? Hey, man, listen, it, they're all going to play each other at some point, And, you know, get, make sure you have the proper safety materials keep, out because there's going to be some fireworks, Mark Mancini. Keep, keep, keep your eyes on Colorado, man. Deion Sanders is immune to all the naysayers. You know, he's had one tough week. He'll probably have another tough one this week against USC. Yeah. But he has put Colorado on the map, man. Oh, they're going to make a bowl been, game, Mark Mancini. Yeah, they're going to make a bowl game. This team hasn't been relevant since Rashawn Salam and Cordell Stewart. <laughs> See, other people bring up Salam. I'm the one that brings up Cordell Stewart, and you got slash in your breakdown, my guy. I yeah, like yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the so, bus. Hey, keep, your, keep your eyes on the bus, man. The, I like no, Dion, man. He's got the swag going. I, I like his kid, too. I like Shadur. Um, unfortunately, he made the mistake that a, I think a legendary cornerback turned college coach made, and that's not concentrate enough on the beef. That is what it well, is. And not only that, he's come in. A lot of people don't like him. And, you know, <laughs> driving a fancy car. Everybody's having fun. But you know what? He does his style. And you know what? He's not part of that uh, you know, old boys club. He kind of does things his own way. And I've always liked Dion. I've been blessed enough to interview him. Just a great guy. Man, absolutely. Listen, I was never super fond of the flash with Dion the player, but yeah. Dion the media personality, Dion the coach, huge fan of Coach Prime. That's yeah. all I can say with yeah. that. Yeah, no, and hey. we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out if Georgia can. I, I'm waiting for a USC Georgia man. I'm waiting that for one be, of those. No. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm all about that too myself, man. Listen, um, I, I I could go on with you. But let's go ahead and get uh, – let's go ahead baseball. and say next week, my guy. Yeah. Let's get a couple of games before I let you go. The baseball, man, I will tell you this. Keep your eyes on the Phillies and the Brewers, man. They've been playing playoff baseball for a while. Pitching wins games. The Brewers got big three. Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. I'm telling you, man, keep your eyes on those two in the National League. I like Seattle and Toronto in the American League. I like the sound of it. Mark Mancini, tell me. I love you, brother. You're the best. I can't wait for next week. Get to them violin lessons. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you check out my guy on Liberty Bell Schmack here tomorrow when he's recording yeah. with the group there. Tell tell Sal and Mariana said hi, brother. I love you, brother. You're the best, man. So blessed to be a part of this with you. See you next Mark Mancini coming in with that hot noise. Hey, you you heard us disagree on a few things, but I, I'll put it this way. <clears throat> a lot of people are out there questioning the Eagles. They're like, I don't know. They had some troubles here. And listen, I, I actually, during the segment in question, pointed out some of the struggles that the Eagles were having. Um, but for me, at day's end, like, that's kind of what they did last year. Then they ended up in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts having the kind of performance that, you know, can win an MVP if you actually win the football game. And Patrick LeVon Mahomes II went all Patrick LeVon Mahomes II and the rest is history. I mean, we don't need to relive Super Bowl 57. I mean, sure, I was there and I loved every minute of it. 
but that's a whole other question. No. Um, but yeah, uh, let me, let me jump to this while we're, um, while we're waiting on, uh, Eric Lopez, you know, here's the thing in college football right now. I get that it's trendy, but you know, I'll say this first, just in general principle, how sick is the PAC 12 right now? You let your conference fall apart just in time for everybody to be good. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I, I get that the rankings are, are 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 dominant with the Pac-12 right now, and rightly so, right? I, I know that some people have made statements that the Pac-12 is the deepest conference. That's a little ridiculous. Let's let some things shake out. But um, listen, we got a lot of games, and like I told Mark Mancini, coming up here make sure you have the appropriate safety gear set up because there's going to be a lot of fireworks blasting loose when it comes to the pac 12 so much high quality offense there three heisman trophy candidate uh caliber quarterbacks allegedly if you believe in bo nicks i don't necessarily i think he's just a guy who's good because he's done the position a long time i'm on record on many shows michael Penix jr the biggest threat to caleb williams in the Heisman race. Um, but enough about that. Let me jump somewhere else. Normally you hear me talking college football with this gentleman about to jump in. But listen, I used to listen to this guy on the way into work, talk sports here. And now he's on my show for the second time. I'm all about buddy. How's it going? This is uh football, it's football talk, it's a good thing. So Good, good to uh, chat football with a different kind. A different, yes, exactly, man. Let, first of all, uh, let me just go right to it. Obviously, you as as one who has uh, come in, helped us preview the Dolphins, are, are a follower of the Dolphins. Um, I won't harangue you on the show about your Knowles keeping Dabo Sweeney in the game for entirely too long and letting them game about Who, more, who won the game? Yeah, yeah no, game? thank goodness. Thank goodness for you, my friend. I mean, thank, thanks to America, which, which, by the way, on this show, I haven't had this chance to say it yet. Thank you for setting me up by that great statement there, like you do, Eric Lopez. Um, but I love the fact that a coach that's not embracing the NIL is getting penalized. And you know what? I'll say it for a coach who I've stand for in the past, mostly because of his haircut and, and, and speeches and press. Listen, I don't care how beautiful his mulligan is. Mike Gundy's about to get cut because of how he feels about the NIL. That so, seems so clear. Yeah, that seems clear. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I listen, by the way, I know you like the dad joke there, but with all that in mind, let's talk about why you're really here. And are you still full from that 70 burger that you witnessed on Sunday, my guy? So ever since I grew up as a kid, my first team that I followed was the Miami Dolphins. Grew up in Miami, grew, grew up in the Marino era. With Clayton Duper, Don Shula, that's what it was, right? And I, I've watched a lot of bad football at <laughs> that point, after post Marino in particular era. Uh, but this past Sunday, the Dolphin Bronco was one of the most satisfactory, enjoyable games events I've ever seen. It was unbelievable to see this Dolphin team just mercifully destroyed Denver Mercilessly. and just score with ease and score with ease, score yeah. with ease. 
Mm. Like, I laugh, Kyle, because everybody's like, some people are like, well, I don't like how Mike McDaniel, did he run up the score? No. Run up the score? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> he, ran, he ran for 350 in five scores with, like, two bags. Like, what are you talking about? Um <laughs> uh, that was unbelievable. Did you ever think, Kyle, we would ever see in our era an NFL team score 70 points with ease like they did? They could have scored more if they felt like. Yeah, and I think that's the part that's not being made a big enough deal is the Branks were pumped, Eric Lopez, right? By the way, you know, on the way to getting here, and I'll give you the short version of what I did in the intro here, but on the way to getting here, in order to get the quarterback that you have that slung the passes in question for 70 to 20, you first had to endure a 59 to 10, a 43 to nothing. And I mean 2019 when, in fact, allegedly your team was tanking for the Tua in question under Brian Flores. Oh, boy. That's, that was a rough times. Rough times. Yeah, rough. For the Dolphins wire then. You want to tell me about rough times? Try writing articles on that trash. Yeah, things haven't gotten better for Brian Flores since either. Uh, <laughs> he's out there in Minnesota getting spanked every week. Um, More like look, it's been, anyway. yeah, but it's been remarkable. And what's been remarkable about this team last year, they had a fun offense, right? Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, when Tua was healthy. What's different about this team is they can run the football. And and you know, full disclosure, I hit you up directly because you were working the Jaguar game. Uh, against the Texans, which that's a whole other story. They, I, you've already, you know, you can address that game. That hey, listen, I'll say it as this, because this this actually taps both into my Jaguar report slash black and gold banneret aspect. I'm not going to mention his name on the air, but a UCF player was elevated from the practice squad to play special teams that day and missed the first tackle on the fullback that that got the touchdown on special teams. So it's a rough day for everybody I was covering apparently that week. A very rough week. But the thing that, that that's different about this Dolphin team, and they've shown it the last two weeks at New England when Bill Belichick basically told Mike McDaniel, I'm not gonna be beating me deep. You're gonna you're gonna I dare you to run the football. Mike McDaniel's fine. I'm just gonna run the football all over you. And that's <laughs> the thing. This team can run the football with Mostert. They can run the ball with Achin. I think they can run the ball with whoever. And I told you, it reminded me a lot of the Kyle Shanahan 49er team that got to the Super Bowl with most of, with the combination of those running backs where they just ran all over teams. That's um, what this Dolphin team can do. I'm not saying they're the similar, they're the same, but the similarities are there. There are similarities there. It's almost as if they had the same guy calling the, you know, running the offense there. Isn't that interesting? I know, right? Um, no, uh, I like the point you make about Mostert and the familiarity, but the Niners never had anything as explosive as Waddle and Tyree Kill on the outside. Let me be clear. Um, but for all the people that said the Dolphins have overpaid for Tyree Kill, um, you're, you're going to have to kind of nix that uh, emotion at the moment, aren't you? Oh, no question. I mean, I've said it already. I think they're the him and Waddle are the best combination Dolphin receivers in the history of the franchise, better than Clayton and Duper. Like, wow. I mean, I mean, think about that. I mean, Tyreek Hill is a combination of Clayton and Duper. If you think about it, Duper had the speed. Clayton had that the, the showmanship, but the great possess, you know, run, route running. Uh, he's a machine, and, and he's made other guys better. But what makes Mike McDaniel so brilliant? So Waddle's out with the concussion against Denver. You're thinking, well, what are they going to do? You know, obviously, everybody's going to focus on Hill. He and I tech and I DM'd you this during the Jaguar game, and you were not surprised to your credit because you said th that he did this in San Francisco. I had no idea. He moved Mostert to that wideout role 
to basically take some of those Jalen Waddle routes. And that's how aching the rook, everybody's wondering where this guy come from. That's how he got all these reps because he moved Moster. And now he had both backs. I mean, listen, McDaniels, is, uh, uh, you know, under Shanahan as the OC there in San Francisco, the lot of trickeration, a lot of movement. I don't want, I hate using the term positionless football because until you have a 300 pound wide receiver that can run a four, three, there's no such thing. Okay. But uh, I mean, there's an element of uh, positionless skill positions, a hundred percent. And I think that's on display here, right? You know, and that's what McDaniel and Shanahan did. McDaniel, I, I'm trying to make sure I, t I hit McDaniel hard because the S is for sucks, and that's Josh McDaniels. Oh, so let me man. be clear on that. But, but yeah, this is what they've been doing, and and McDaniel took it with them. And uh, listen, I, I like what the, I like what Mike McDaniels doing, and I, I'm glad he's successful. You know, let, let all right. Let me ask you this theory because there's a lot of theories there was going into that game down mm -hmm. in Miami, as you know this very well. Who was the head coach that was rumored that Stephen Ross wanted? alongside Tom Brady. <laughs> you're allowed, you know where I'm going. Sean. You're wrong. It was Sean Payton. Absolutely. Sean Payton. And some people think Mike McDaniel wanted to prove a point that, hey, I'm the right guy for this job, regardless of what the owner wanted. There's other theories down in Miami that, that Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio, that if it's a court member, it was the former Bronco head coach. He wanted some of Denver. Correct. Uh, as well. Do you buy that too? Are you buying any of that? I mean, theory? I'll put it this way. It's going to be kind of like, it's going to be like uh, 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 um, certain elements of like a controversial court case. They got enough. They're not going to tell me that's a case, but I can't, I can't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, but we all know OJ did it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. You know, um, let me, well, and let me add this in too. Like um, there's an element I brought up in the show's intro of tanking for Tua and all that and Brian Flores and, and that whole situation. Now, the difference with, with Brian Flores' signing was the expectations because he he got a five-year contract, or as I wrote for the Dolphins Wire at the time, a five-year mission to boldly go where the Dolphins haven't been in half a century, you know, uh, <laughs> to, to kind of set up and, and bring things back. Now, Flores got things in the right direction, but with all the scandal and, and, and stuff that went on there, Props to McDaniel for taking a, a franchise in crisis. I don't think I'm exaggerating, Eric Lopez. A franchise no, he didn't. In and, he, and, and he saved Tua's career because Tua and Brian Flores clashed. Uh, I think Brian Flores damaged a lot of Tua's confidence by the whole way he used Fitzpatrick and relief, this or that. And this, See, I just basically, I'm just telling you, I, 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 Mike McDaniel said this when he arrived there last year that he felt Tua was lacking confidence and that his job as a head coach was to be a teacher and show him that he had confidence in him and that he was, and he, and he was only showing him out of love and, and, you know, respect if he made a mistake that it wasn't good. He wasn't going to get punished for it. It was very revealing on Mike McDaniel. And I think it's really worked on Tua. Well, I think you sense a Tua guy that's a lot more confident now. If you look oh. at him now, the way he's been barking, Look at the post-game pressure where he basically went off on everybody that was criticizing the offensive lights, like, you know, basically told where they could go with it. This is a different Tua now than it was, say, even a couple of years ago. This is no, no you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, and let's be clear, on this show even, I think you and I had the conversation about the irony that I still thought they were the best O-line in the division when he got hurt. Um, so that's a whole other thing. And they're playing out of their minds now. 
mostly because they can't stock the box and try to blitz and attack because they got to account for Tyreek Hill. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But here's where I'll push back a little bit on the Flores thing. And, and, and not so much. I mean, there's plenty there. Maybe Flores's coaching style did affect Tua's confidence. That's not my argument. I feel like Fitzpatrick was there to take more of the hits so Tua wouldn't have to. And I'm sure maybe that's the thinking, but I'm just saying it doesn't help. the, the everybody, As you know, every quarterback psyche is different. Right. And it didn't help that rumors were that Flores was pushing for Deshaun Watson. It didn't right. help that the owner was pushing for Brady. Uh, so there it was just a lot of smoke out there, whether it was legit or not. I think that all affected – I don't believe Tua would be as, uh, would be effective – if Brian Flores was still around, I think Mike McDaniel has helped Tua with the system. And I think Tua, too, to his credit, has worked on his craft. He's a lot more bulkier. He is really a lot better pocket presence now. Uh, he's much more elusive. He's not taking direct hits. And this offensive line, as you mentioned, has only allowed one sack the whole year so far. One sack. That's my opinion. Which, think about this, Armstead just came back. Remember last year we were on. The, you were talking about how they're Armstead or bust in that offensive line, basically. Yeah, last a, year, but this year they have it. It's been they, for whatever they've just been much more fluid, and, and and they've been great run blocking, great pass protecting. Two has been much more clear in his in his reads. It's been unbelievable to watch, and I still think they can get better because I think they're still way can get way better on the defensive side as they get comfortable with the Vic Fangio system. Funny, like I have to point this out, and I'm pretty sure I've told you, you and I talking side by side before in the past, but I, I I've got to say it here. Um, I'm on I'm on record with the Dolphins writer writing an article about you know um, Ryan Tannehill of all quarterbacks. Hey, if you protect this guy, he'll be fine. Gets to dang Tennessee, he's regularly making the playoffs and winning the AFC South. I sat through. Uh, a year where the pre okay in 2018 is what I'll say the Dolphins offensive line only had the same starting five for 10 of the 16 games every other game some starter was out now granted you mentioned Armstead being out but they're still getting the damn job done blows my mind buddy and but i have to think tyreek hill is a big part of that because he's so quick and he gets open so early tuatunga violoa has the fastest release in the league well and not only that but the way mcdaniel runs his scheme kind of helps the offensive line it kind of hides some of the flaws that a, maybe an offensive lineman might have like i'll defer to you on this you've seen that scheme in san francisco for years since shanahan's gotten there they have that scheme with the offensive line where guy I mean, Mark Schlereth was just flabbergasted. He, he's, of course, he, were, he does Denver radio. He was showing clips of the Dolphin linemen going from one side to the other side to block and then celebrating. Like, he, they, I'm telling you, they've got it going. They're much more confident this year. Now, that being said, look, uh, this is a big game this Sunday. Let's not kid. This is huge. Buffalo. This is a huge game. Uh, I think the pressure's on Buffalo. Because the game's in Buffalo. I think Buffalo has to hold serve. You look at Miami's schedule, the beauty of this, win or lose, I think they're ahead of schedule. I didn't expect them to go 3-0 and to start. They haven't been 4-0 and since 1995. I think they're ahead of schedule. I think they have four of the last five games of the season at home, which, as you know, that's critical in December with the weather. And I think that's a factor with this offense. I am fascinated to see how this Dolphins offense looks against Buffalo's defense. 
and vice versa. What does Vic Fangio come up with for Josh Allen and the Bills? This is, you know, I thought the Dolphins made up a lot of ground on the Bills last year. To me, I'm going to still respect Buffalo, even though I'm not the biggest Bills guy. Obviously, Josh Allen at times kind of gets too gets too uh, Christmas gifty with his turnovers there. But the, guy, <laughs> but the guy's been a Dolphin killer, so I got to give him his due. I mean, this is a marquee game. I mean, this is a monster game here. It's it's, it's right appropriate that Nance and Romo are calling this game. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue the point you make about this being. Um, uh, I would say, uh, yeah, this is a pivotal game in the division uh, earlier in the year, absolutely. But listen, if you're going to play in Ralph in the old Ralph Wilson Stadium, September's not a bad month to do it, homie. No, I think the Dolphins are excited that they're playing now. Get it out of the way now, absolutely. Yeah, That's why I, I, know, I think. If, yeah, I would argue down. the Jags will have worse weather in in London <laughs> than Buffalo will have at one o'clock. That's all. Uh, yeah, good. God bless you for waking up early to cover that game uh, against the Falcons. That a thrilling Falcon offense that just runs and runs with Desmond Ritter all the time. Uh, that's a heck of a tune-up for the Bills and the Dolphins. But to me, like I said, Miami's got a, a, a lot of football to go. Buffalo's I played really well the last couple of weeks after the debacle with the Jets. I think we can agree the AFC East is either Buffalo or Miami, right? With Rodgers' injury, the Jets are out. I mean, Zach Wilson oh, yeah. is a lost cause. And the Patriots just don't have offense. They just don't. They don't have playmakers around Mac Jones. And maybe Mac Jones ain't that great either. But uh, so to me, this is the Dolphins and the Bills. And who is the biggest threat to Patrick Lamar Mahomes? Because I will still respect Patrick Lamar Mahomes as the king of the AFC until he's dethroned. Patrick Levon Mahomes. Levon, I'm sorry. I, it's, you, you, that's I'm your win. Levon Mahomes the second, baby. It's like Javon Walker with an L. Anyways, or Trayvon. Oh. Ah, whatever. Now I'm getting names wrong. Jay, it's like Javon Baker with, yeah. There we go. It's like Javon Baker. Well, with, let me let me ask because you saw the Chiefs in person. I did. Do you believe Miami or Buffalo can beat Kansas City or somebody else in the AFC? Or you still believe the Chiefs are the team in the AFC? Um, it depends on when they come across America Lopez. Because here's the thing, um, and as good as as offensive line play has been for the Finns, let me be clear. You saw what happened to the Bills when they were battling a really good defense. And people aren't understanding, Eric Lopez, that the Kansas City Chiefs today, I mean, sure, they beat up on the Bears. That's cute. Um, you know, people were all excited for Taylor Swift. I mean, you know what? I'm going to say it's her. Hi, she's the problem. It's her. That's that's what happened there. I mean, Travis Michael Kelsey was entertained and, and ready to score another touchdown. I get it. Are we still talking about football? Anyways. That's the defensive football team. It was their defense that shut down the Jacksonville Jaguars in the city or in the county of Duval there, my friend. So, um, and I think that is what makes the Chiefs very unique is they're so incredibly balanced all around wherever they are, except for maybe running the football because it's an Andy Reid team, I guess. No, you're right. I mean, the, the Dolphin defense still has some questions. They got, you know, the Chargers ran all over them in the first meeting, uh, opening weekend. Uh, they're not fully strength. I mean, Jalen Phillips and that, you know, they're expecting a big pass rush out of their defensive line. They don't get Jalen. They think they'll get Jalen Ramsey back in December. I do think they need him. I still have questions on the Dolphins secondary. That's why I'm curious how they handle Buffalo this Sunday, what Vic Fangio comes up with. The Chiefs are good. What's unfortunate is the Chiefs are playing the Dolphins this year in Germany. Germany, <laughs> Kyle, come on. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine? What a joke. But, um, <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> I mean, 
We can't get that in Arrowhead to get Tyreek Hill's return. We can't get that down in South Florida so we can go to game that game. I mean, come on. Listen, we all, know, we all know either of the above would be epic AF. I get it. You know, that, that's let's put it this way. That's a pretty valuable toy to be sharing with the other kids. I'll grant you that for a fact. But um, I, I can tell you this, Kyle. This is the most excited Dolphin fan base has been. Oh, yeah. Since the Marino era, really, towards the uh, since the Marino era. I really do, because nobody ever believed in the Chad Pennington or the Adam Gaze and Tanny Hill. It was all fake. And and even the old one team with Jay Fiedler and Lamar Smith, we all thought that we knew that was a fake pony. Absolutely. But people, as you know, Miami fans love swagger, right? They love their swag. This team's got the swagger, and that's Tyreek Hill. Goes back to Tyreek. He brings that swagger and that confidence to this off to this team. Eric Lopez, um, MVP candidate Tyreek Hill, yes or no? I started this campaign last year, so we, we went. We've argued about this a many a time. You have not accepted this. Yes, in a normal world, he would be an NFL MVP no, 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 candidate. No. I didn't say what will the lamestream vote for. The question on the table, Eric Lopez. Is Tyreek Hill an NFL MVP candidate for people that actually know bleeping football? Yes, of course. He's the best receiver in the game right now. There you go. He's he's got a chance to have the greatest season any receivers had, including Jerry Rice. And you, Mr. Jerry Rice fan club, knows what that means. Actually, you know, nobody else has phrased it that way yet. And and are you ready to be impressed? I ain't even mad at you for doing it. I mean, yeah, he has to do it. But, I mean, you've heard of Tyreek Hill has said his goal is to hit 2,000 yards receiving. That's insane. Now, now granted, it's an extra game. The defenses are different now. So I'm not saying he's Jerry Rice. But he has a chance to put up a Jerry Rice-type season. That's the argument I would make. And say what you will. If he can do that for two extra games and maintain that excellence, why shouldn't he get credit? Dang it. I mean, come on. I agree. The problem is the media is in love with quarterbacks, (sighs) and they're going to give it to a quarterback. So probably Tua. Tua puts up these numbers. Saquon Barkley was the MVP last year, and we've all seen how Brian Dayball, the alleged coach of the year, has been exposed like a Janet Jackson after the show. Whoa! Whoa, I did not know you were anti-Brian Dayball guy. I love this, though. I'm not anti-Brian Dayball. I'm anti-the media making him the coach of the year over Doug Peterson, who took a team to the playoffs and won a playoff game where just the year previous... Well, that's the New York media. in the stands, Eric Lopez. Well, that's the New York media. Brian Dayball's another guy that was supposedly in the Dolphins' radar. They play the Dolphins in a few weeks. Uh, I mean, the Giants are screwed. They got Daniel Jones locked in. What a joke. It's always amazing. With teams always like pay all these mediocre quarterbacks just because they don't know what else to do. Um, but no, I, I understand where you're coming from on the Tyreek Hill. I'm just telling you, be disappointed. He's not going to win. Oh, I oh, mean, Cooper, is- Cup, Cooper Cup didn't win it two years ago when the Rams won the Super Bowl, and I thought he should have deserved it. Now, I think what you got to root for, the consolation prize, and I said this to you, yeah. The quarterback's probably going to win the MVP. I think the the best offensive player should win. The, will win the, I think he'll win the offensive player of the year. That's what he should win. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a shoe-in for that if things maintain, right? Like, you know, yeah. uh, 1,700 yards last year, just damn. What more? Can he had 1,700. Do? And think about how many games to a missed. I mean, he had to deal with Teddy Bridgewater, who was Wash, uh, all the other Tyler, stiffs. We, I mean, I mean Tyler Lord. Thompson, right? Right. Imagine yeah. if 
imagine if Tua could stay majority healthy. And actually, I will say this. I know I was critical of Mike White when I was came on before the season. He actually looked pretty good in that Denver game. I'm not going to lie. The Jets kind of miss him. They kind of wish they had him right now. Hey, Maybe Pat. we do have a decent backup. Hopefully I don't have to find out. I don't know. Eric Lopez, you ready to do some picks? Sure. All right, let's do some picks. First of all, opening Thursday night, the Detroit Lions, and what is going to turn out to be a more compelling game than I thought. I didn't love what they did with Jordan, but the Green Bay Packer fans are. At the end of the day, Lions going to Lambeau on Thursday night. Who you got, Eric Lopez? Huge game. NFC North, two teams here. I, air quotes, love the Packers. Get it? Love the Packers. I, know, I, I see what you uh, More importantly, I like the, the Packer defense. And I yeah. think the Packer defense will turn Jared Goff over. Uh, if they get now, I, now let me preference this. I'm expecting Aaron Jones to get back and get their linemen back. They all missed the New Orleans game. There's some conspiracy theories that they held them out because of the short week and the divisional game with Detroit. So I think it's a great game. I will take Green Bay. Hell, if they held them out and still won, good for them. You know, um, listen, I, I don't mind. It's a fine pick for me. This is a pick them either way. Uh, but when uh, when in doubt, you expect you you. I, I don't want to have to look Dan Campbell in the face and say, Mister Man Campbell, I picked against you. I can't do it. So I got I got the Lions um, in London to open the action on Sunday. The Falcons. And the Jags, Eric Lopez, who you got? I go with the Jags with the home field advantage here in London. Uh, although, I, I, is it? Are you? Is it? I, I am worried. I've been surprised at the offense and how it's not been great so uh, far. Yeah, uh, not not playing a full clean game has been a problem for them. Um, there's still chemistry issues, it would appear, between Trevor Lawrence and, and Calvin Ridley. He dropped a touchdown pass to open. Um, uh, against uh, the Texans, and it just kind of became a uh, quicksand um, for the pass game. I'm going to leave Travis Intian off on the little side here in a little bubble free of criticism because he was a huge bright spot who's putting up numbers similar to B. John Robinson in a game uh, or in an offense that's supposed to be balanced. To me, that's impressive AF. The Falcons can win this game if enough things go wrong. Um, and they continue to struggle the way they are, especially with the offensive line situation and the injuries being what they are. Even Anton Harrison is banged up a little bit. The interior line in its entirety is banged up a little bit. Walker Little handling, handling his damn business with the absence of Cam Robinson due to suspension thus far. I believe this is the last week he's out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they stick with Cam Robinson on the right tackle or maybe put Walker Little there. I don't know. Punchline is this. Um, the... Falcons can win this game if they win the turnover margin by two. I don't see that happening, though. I think the Jaguars run the football themselves to keep Bijan Robinson off the field. And who gives a damn about Desmond Ritter? Because I certainly don't. I have the Jags. Uh, the Broncos try to redeem themselves in what is definitely the toilet bowl. The Broncos go to mid go to the Chicago Bears. Wow. Two dumpster fires. Do you think Sean Payton misses right now uh, Carissa Thompson, Colin Cowherd, and the rest of the cast that he was hanging out with last year? Because that's – I mean and, – and and here's the thing I didn't understand about his decision. I think if he waits another year, I think he has a shot to be the Chargers head coach, which is a better job. You get Justin Herbert. Along with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator yeah, and the whole I, I, lot going on. So that's a mess in Denver. But, boy, Chicago, my God. Ooh, I mean, I told, I told our buddy Mark Moses, who's a Bears fan, man. You're, I mean, that point, man. 
They're bad. I mean, they're Hoffer. They have no defensive players that uh, of value. And I think Justin Fields isn't going to work out. Hasn't he? Can't see the field. Can't see the field, Kyle. I don't and, know that he's had the right coaching yet. Yeah, I'm with. I you. agree with that. I mean, why would you? You know, again, if uh Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'll take Denver. I'm gonna take. I think pride will t- kick in here. I actually don't think Russell Wilson's been bad. I he think has. he kind of. I think now everybody's just piling on because it's the easy thing to do. But I don't think he's been bad. I'm going to take Denver to beat Chicago. I think Chicago might be the worst team in the NFL. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Hey, check this out, Eric Lopez. The defense gave up 70 points. It's Rusty's fault. Give me a damn break. I got the Broncos, too. Um, <laughs> the Ravens head over to Cleveland to battle the Browns. Eric Lopez. Are you buying the Browns as maybe being the best defense in the NFL? A lot of people starting to give that buzz. I think that today, this is an interesting test, that defense against Lamar. Uh, this is a really, really, I, I love the AFC North every game. It's a, it's like a street fight, uh, <laughs> between these teams. Um, but are you buying the Browns as a def- uh, the best defense in the NFL? Like some people are not the best, but they're damn sure up there, man. You know, I, I, I get it. You know, they got, I got people who put the Browns in the top 10. I'm like, pump the brakes on that. You have to have some offense first and your main guys hurt pretty bad. Um, no, you're right. Uh, but I will say this. We both covered Jerome Ford, the running back from Cincinnati. He looked, he's looking pretty good. Watson, I think, had his best game as a Brown last week. I'm actually going to take the Browns here at, at home. I still have questions about the Ravens. Uh, perplexing loss to the Colts. Uh, I want to see – like Cleveland, I know the opponents have not been the best. But if you look at Cleveland's defensive stats, they're putting up some – ridiculous stats like yards per play and things like that. I think this is an ugly low scoring game could come down to whether Watson protects the football or not. I'm going to take Cleveland. Yeah. And that's where I'm, that's the reason why I can't take Cleveland is because uh, listen, I'm on record here in the preseason in the AFC North preview show, even. And as much as I love my dude, Lamar, uh, excuse me, not Lamar, La, uh, L.A. Broadus, I don't want to use his government name. He'll get mad at me. But uh, talking to L.A. Broadus, Broadus of Brownsville, USA uh, podcast, listen, man, I don't think uh, Watson has embraced being the villain yet, um, and I don't know that he ever will. I have the Browns only winning six games. It's obviously not because of their defense, Eric Lopez, which I do thoroughly enjoy. Uh, Miles Garrett, blah, blah, all of the above. Sure, love it. Um at the end of the day, I think Lamar Demetrius Jackson makes the difference. Zay Flowers is just as good as advertised. And Love as much, Zay Flowers, yeah. Yeah, and as Love much as people want to tell me about J.K. Dobbins, I mean, it sucks that he's hurt, but they actually have another running back who's still pretty good for now. Um, I don't blame you for picking the Browns, but I think I think the Browns make more mistakes and keep the Ravens in the game. I only pick you clearly because they're at home. So that's, that's the big man. part. Listen, but hey, with these division matchups, Home field means Jack, bro. That's true. AFC North. I'm just saying. Shout out Andrew Glukoff. I picked the Browns. Kyle didn't. I know you're shocked. Okay, Browner. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, the Bengals and the Titans. Eric Lopez. Bengals have not looked good. Even on the Monday night with Joe Burrow doesn't look healthy. That being said, the Bengal defense looked pretty healthy. I, I you talked, you were talking up Tannehill earlier. I think he's done. I, know, I think his best football is behind a younger Tannehill earlier. Let's be clear. <laughs> He's aged. Uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati because I still – the Bengals will find a way to win this game. And I think Tennessee's got a quarterback issue there. I don't know if Tannehill, teams are going to try to stop Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry is stopped like Cleveland did, Tennessee can't move the ball. So I'm going to go – I'm going to go with uh, Cincinnati. 
Let me drop a stat on you. I dropped earlier in the show and also la- uh, last night on the Huddle Up podcast. Bing! Um, four years in the league, Joe Burrow, the first two games, each of those four years, eight total games, one in seven. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to the AFC Championship game and is regularly in the playoffs, except for when he's hurt that one year, his freshman year, uh, rookie year, sorry. Um, this is a, usually about the time, and if you look at the schedule, the Bengals will bounce back, I think, that starts here with this game against the Tennessee Titans, who, by the way, only put up three points against that vaunted Browns defense, by the way. Um, listen, I like Darren uh, Derrick Henry as much as the next guy, but one-dimensional teams typically don't win football games against elite quarterbacks. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, let's see. The L.A. Rams head to Indianapolis and Lucas Oil to battle the Colts. You think the Rams got some left in them to uh, take out the Colts there, Chief? I kind of like the Colts. They're a little frisky, aren't they? Gardner Minshew played well, gets a win on the road. Defensively, I think the Colts are playing pretty well. I mean. There's a, they're like the most faceless team. Nobody can name a receiver or running back on this team. But uh, I do like their coach. And the Rams, boy, that line took a whooping on Monday. Short week, two, playing that physical game against Cincinnati. Now got to play at Indianapolis. I'm going to take the Colts. I don't feel great about it, but there's something frisky about this Colts team, Kyle. Something I'll frisky. raise you this. Whenever you mention line woes against the Colts, Always check to see if DeForest Buckner is healthy. He is. I look for him to do some damage. And a close one, I, too, have the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, let's see. The Bucks head to Nolens to battle the Saints. Eric Lopez. Oh, I like the Saints. I think the Baker Mayfield good storyline came to an end Monday night. For Philadelphia there. Uh, and it's not, I mean, the Saints defense is really, really good. Now, I understand the Saints quarterback situation is up in the air with Derek Carr's shoulder. Uh, Got Jameis Winston, who's up and down. I personally think the Saints are the best team in the South. When you, as far as roster, with Olave, Michael Thomas, can he stay healthy? Knock on wood. They get Alvin Kamara back now. I like the Saints defense. The Bucs defense is good, too. This could be an ugly game. Mike Evans and Lattimore, they'll probably throw some boxing fight at some point. That's going to be fun. But I'm going to take the Saints. Listen, buddy, you remember the days uh, when it was Drew Brees and the Saints? And I used to call them a prom, a, a prom date team, okay? They could score whenever they wanted, and they wouldn't stop any run from doing it. So I say all that to say, now they're a defensive team, Eric Lopez. This team has turned on a dime. And the only reason I'm picking the Bucks is because of the quarterback issue. And by the way, there's my confidence in Jameis Winston on display, or should I say, lack thereof. The Washington Red Tails, sorry, Commanders, head over to the Eagles for a divisional matchup. Eric Lopez, who you got? Oh, I got Philly easy. I think Sam Howell and the Washington got woo, smoked by Buffalo there. At times, I kind of forget that the, the Washington Commanders are in the NFL. I thought I, I sometimes think they're in the USFL, the way they did their name and their jersey. Uh Philadelphia can kind of, you know, Philly's kind of going, they're, they're adjusting Jalen Hurts with the new play caller. I think there's some, but they're still moving the football really good. And you saw what the Eagle defense could do. I think Eagles win. Yeah, I got the Eagles too. Listen, you uh, you can't spell Howell without a couple of L's. Um, there you go. I'll leave it at that. Um, Eric Lopez, the Vikings head to Carolina. Who you got? 
Remember how the Vikings won all these close games last year and then got exposed in the playoffs? Well, this year it's the opposite. They're losing all the close games. Uh, so I guess it's kind of it's all even, Steven. It all the the revert, the means always even itself out. But man, Carolina's not great either. <sighs> Vikings have to are due for a win. I'm going to trust Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins not to screw this one up. So I'm going to take the Vikings. Yeah, I got I got the uh, I got one and three coming out of this game for the Vikings as well. Both teams, I believe, are zero and three currently. So, or yeah, that's because it's the Viking. Yeah, it's the Vikings, Panthers, Broncos, and Bears that are all currently zero and three. Hey, of both those, both those, uh, of both those, sorry, of both those pairs of teams. Yeah, of those four teams, everybody's got a got a situation. We're gonna have two zero and fours. That's all we know. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Uh, the Steelers head to Houston to battle the Texans. Eric Lopez. God, as much as I like to pick this upset, because I've been impressed with C.J. Stroud. I think the Texans, too. But D'Amico Ryans, shout out. I think he's doing a heck of a job. I mean, I know everybody's focused on the Jaguars and what went wrong last week. Part of the what went wrong is the Texans was right. They give them credit. I thought I was – I mean, you saw it up close. I think D'Amico Ryans is a, a coach to watch. Those and, Stroud is a grown, is it just an adult? And, and they've got some like, quietly some sneaky good talent there, receivers wise. There, yeah. this I, good enough, good better than they've had. Good enough, exactly. Uh, that I just can't go against Tomlin though, and that Steeler defense, the terrible towel. They're going to take over the building. It wouldn't shock me if Houston pulled the upset, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh close because Pittsburgh, all they do is play close games. I'll see that and raise you this. More offensive line injuries announced. T.J. Watt's going to eat. C.J. Stroud's going to have a tough time. I think I, too, have the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Travel over to the place no one will go in Los Angeles, a Chargers game. Raiders, Chargers, Eric Lopez, who you got? We don't even know who the Raider quarterback's going to be. Garoppolo, as we talk, right, in the concussion protocol. Your boy, man, he just can't stay healthy. Guys. Listen, just man. when you, you're like the biggest defender of Jimmy G, and the guy just can't. I'm not the biggest one. I did eventually have to fold because you can't help the club in the tub. I'm just saying. Um, even though it's a Raider de facto home game, I'm gonna go with uh Justin Herbert and the Chargers to win this game. Hey, regardless of the quarterback position, what the what the Raiders have always been bad at, whether they've been in Oakland or L.A. or the uh, or Vegas lately defense the chargers will score by the way i mean josh mcdaniels keeps getting can we stop giving him head coaching jobs that buffoonery he did last sunday night kicking the field goal uh, to yeah. try, I mean, what are you doing man what are you doing I, I got nothing anyways speaking of uh places involving josh mcdaniel the patriots travel to dallas to battle the cowboys who you got eric lopez you know, Dallas should win this game, but the thing I'm intrigued by, you know, Ezekiel Elliott quietly had a nice game for the Patriots against the Jets. Do we get a revenge tour here, Ezekiel Elliott? Does he stick it to Dallas? I'm still going to take a, a man, Mika Par Mr. Parsons and company, to just take out Mac Jones. I can't trust that New England offense. I think Dallas wins a low-scoring game. Can't say it any better. I don't care if they're without Diggs or not. Lauren, uh, uh, yeah, um, Demarcus Lawrence and uh, Micah Parsons will have a big day getting in Mac Jones's head. I agree. The Arizona Cardinals, the, the frisky Arizona Cardinals, apparently head to San Francisco, the battle, of the Niners, Eric Lopez. Props to Dobbs. Played good football for Arizona quarterback there. Frisky team. Like you mentioned, that being said, they're getting smoked by the 49ers who are the best team in the NFL. And in my opinion, 
The NFC is a two-team race. It's the Niners and the Eagles. I'm just I've already booked it. Let's just get fast forward to the NFC title game. We're only figure we're only playing this out to figure out if the NFC title game is going to be in Philadelphia again or is it going to be in Santa Clara. But those are the two best teams in the NFC. Might be the two best teams in the NFL. We'll see about that. But give me the Niners. I'm glad you're saying all that. Then people won't accuse me of being a homer. I too have the Niners. The Chiefs travel over to East Rutherford to battle that defense. And then eventually the Chiefs defense beat Zach Wilson. D does anybody give the Chiefs, or excuse me, the Jets a chance here? Because I sure don't. Listen, half of the half the, the broadcast NBC is going to show Taylor Swift. It's already been reported. She's going to be at the game. Tariko and college are going to be breaking down Taylor Swift at the suite because the Chiefs are going to blow the Jets out. Play no, somebody. Can, just get another quarterback, Jets. Like, it's I mean, just. sign Trevor Simeon. There's that. Oh, that's the answer. <laughs> but you know what? Jets fans are excited about it, Eric Lopez. And by the way, here's where here's where Travis Michael Kelsey needs to be careful, okay? If, in a few more years, Taylor Swift's going to have Cougar status, so then Zach Wilson will be on radar. I'm just saying, Eric Lopez. I'm just saying. Be careful, Travis Michael. Taylor Kelsey. Swift will not downgrade herself. You actually, she, the, she, the guy, the player has to have to actually have to be actual game. Have to have game. Zach, Zach would just throw up. Just it would turn the ball over. See, but Eric Lopez, I'm just trying to make sure there's not any bad blood. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, the Seattle Seahawks travel also to East Rutherford on Monday night to battle the Giants. Eric Lopez, who you got? Seattle's been weird. Yeah, Looked terrible week one, had that shootout with Detroit. I watched a lot of the Carolina game on Sunday. At, at, for a while, they're like, oh, my God, are they really going to lose to Carolina? And then they turn the tables there. Kenneth Walker is a beast. Yes, he is. Gino, Gino's, he's fine. Uh, they might get Jamal Adams back for Monday night. We'll see. I'm with you. I'm not a believer in the Giants. I think they were a fluke last year. I think Saquon Barkley is the guy there, and I think they treat him like crap. And uh, I will take Seattle, although I don't – that defense should be better. I, I'm surprised that people could still move the ball in Seattle there. Oh, I'm not. That's uh, that's Pete Carroll's side of the ball. By the way – Wow. I'm, I'm still – Whoa. I'm, I'm still waiting for the public apology that – um. Russell Carrington Wilson never played with an O-line as good uh, after the Super Bowls, at least as good as the one he has now. He's done more to protect G uh, protect Gino in the past five years than he's done to, to protect uh, Russell Carrington Wilson. That's all I'm saying. Touche. Very good. Nobody wants to talk about that, though, Eric Lopez. Why is that? Is your, uh, Seattle's laughing behind closed doors, don't you think, every time they see Russell Wilson in Denver lose? Oh, of course. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and the part that kills me is Russell Carrington Wilson was this close to going all Russell Carrington Wilson on Seattle to make them feel the pain that he had every other team in the league, literally, I believe, feel with a great uh, comeback at the end of the game. And here comes Hackett to ruin it. But yeah, it's Rusty's fault. Anyways, I don't know. <laughs> Rusty. So, anyways, that'll do it for the picks, ladies and gentlemen. We got through it all there. We're doing the good thing. Um, special thanks to my guy, Eric Lopez. Tell him where you can be found, my dude. Eric Lopez Elo on their social media platforms on blackandgoldbanneret.com. I got TV articles about college football TV numbers, broadcasting news involving UCF. He wants UCF content. Black and Gold Banneret podcast. I will be around. Yours truly for that UCF Baylor football game on Saturday with Mr. Nash. I will also be doing a lot of some softball in the spring, doing some basketball around the corner. I got a lot of hats right now. 
But hey. yeah, and then I'll be yelling at the doll at my TV, uh, one o'clock Sunday, Dolphins Bill. Yeah, that's right. We'll be at uh, Media Day for the Magic here on Monday. Monday. Yeah, yeah. Basketball season's here. Yeah, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping to, fingers crossed, hoping to get Jason Beatty in the room. We'll see what happens there. If you're oh, in. he's a big timer now. Yeah, I, you know, he still talks to me. So there you go. I, for now. Well, let's give him. I call his name. There's that. The Magic get off to a great start. No bets are off. I have a feeling. I better get him after Media Day. I might be in big trouble. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. If Jonathan Isaac's healthy, I'm screwed. No. We don't have to worry about that. Oh, <laughs> I no comment. Uh, <laughs> Eric Lopez, an honor, joy, and privilege to have you aboard, my friend. Um, you ran down your stuff, so I'll just go ahead and run down mine. I'm Kyle Nash, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG, find me on Instagram as the same, the SOTG, and I'm on the threads and all that. So, because I'm one of the cool kids, allegedly, let's not go crazy there. Uh, the student of the game on Facebook, of course. Check out my writings with the Jaguar Report of SI and also the three-point conversion as well as the black and gold banneret. Whereas the great Eric Lopez here just mentioned, I will be writing another edition of Night Class for Baylor coming to town in the rematch of the 2014 Fiesta Bowl. It is also the first Big 12 home game. It's almost like they did it on purpose, Eric Lopez. They did do it on purpose. By the way, me and Kyle will be on night shift on your social media platforms after every UCF football game. We do a post-game show. Check that out. Uh, huge da- numbers. And the last one, we're going to be at the stadium. I don't know how we're doing it since everybody supposedly is on campus this weekend, so we'll figure it out. But we'll be on every uh, throughout the year. By the way, just so everybody knows, it's not just on the socials, Eric Lopez, but it's also on the Black or Gold Banneret YouTube channel. Bing! Correct. There you More go. Importantly, most important one, yes. There you go. That's right. So um, uh, look for that as well. And, of course, I will be uh, – writing up on the uh, Jaguar report. Like I said, of course, don't forget about my work with A7B in sports. Um, and then Friday, the Duval dive at 11 o'clock will drop my guy, Travis Holmes of big cat country. And I break down what happened last week and take you into next week. And if you miss all of that live the first time, don't you worry, go to old school at 12 noon. They'll get you all set up for Sunday action going into the NFL. Of course, you can always just check it out on any of the places where you find your podcasts in honor joy and privilege to talk sport with each and every single one of you and listen special thanks to mark mancini my guy eric lopez uh this is kyle nash the student of the game until next time class dismissed